Welcome to the Crown City Podcast. I'm your host, James DePietro. This is a show that explores the people and places that make our neighborhoods our home. On this episode, I have a very special guest. Lena Kelly is the co-owner of the Pasadena Picnic Company, a business that creates curated outdoor experiences for its clients. She's also the founder and CEO of Mama Made, a 501c3 nonprofit that aims to support mothers that lead businesses or organizations here in Southern California. Originally from Texas, Lena graduated from St. Mary's University with a degree in communication. She made her way to California and would go on to receive her master's degree in public relations from USC. Lena has always been drawn to communications and event planning, and these interests and experiences have served her well throughout her career. She has done PR for Whole Foods Market, founded her own communications consulting firm, and is currently also the director of special events for Wags and Walks, a dog rescue group that promotes fostering and adoptions and happens to be where my family adopted our dog and my podcast co-host, Charlie. Like many of the show's guests, Lena has an entrepreneurial spirit. When she became a mother several years ago, she experienced firsthand the difficulties women and especially mother-owned businesses face. So she decided to do something about it. With fellow working mothers, she founded Mama Made to support women entrepreneurs and leaders. The nonprofit serves as a directory and network for mama-owned businesses and is also a resource and training hub. For example, they host virtual and in-person meetups, including educational sessions like the one they held in September that discussed accounting and business development. In the middle of the pandemic, Lena co-founded the Pasadena Picnic Company. It offers its clients the opportunity to enjoy the luxury experience of a turnkey picnic in public parks around Pasadena, like Victory, Central, or Garfield, but also can host an event at a private location as well. The picnics last from two to three hours and can host up to six guests. They also offer customized events, like baby or wedding showers. They do the setup, create the customized event, and then pack everything up. At a time of COVID, when we have desperately wanted to connect with one another, the response has been great. What I especially like about passing a picnic is that they have embraced the beauty of their hometown. They offer a Pasadena's Best Basket with rotating local items like English muffins from La Grande Orange, Jones Coffee, and Carmel Hot Chocolate. And since Pasadena Picnic's fellow co-owner is Kay Smith-Beesman, the owner of the well-known charcuterie and cheese board company, Stems, a client can add grace boxes or plates. What Lena has done is build a flourishing business around savoring a moment. And by hosting picnics around town, they celebrate the beauty of Pasadena and the San Gabriel Valley. So without further delay, my conversation with Pasadena Picnic Company's Lena Kelly. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm excited to to be here. Thanks for having me. So before we talk about a lot of the things that you're involved with, including Pasadena Picnic Company and your nonprofit, Mama Made, I thought we'd start our conversation at the very beginning and talk about your background because it seems like these projects are really a culmination of your different professional and personal experiences. So can you share a little bit about where you're from? Because I believe you're from Texas. And then kind of how you made it to Los Angeles and kind of where did your interest in entrepreneurialism start? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I am originally from San Antonio, Texas, and I met my now husband there. And we had an opportunity to relocate out here for his job. Uh, He works in hematology. And you know, being from from you know a small to mid sized town in Texas, and having the opportunity to come out to Los Angeles, I was like, "Great, let's do it!" So we packed up everything um, with Cat and the dog, and we drove out, and we ended up uh, renting for our first year in Pasadena, and absolutely fell in love with the area, and decided this is where we wanted to to be. So we um, eventually moved to our, our home, which we're in now in Altadena, uh, which is a, a fun little area, but still super close to everything that we love about Pasadena. So that's how we made it out here. And I decided to go back to school and I went to grad school at USC for a master's in strategic public relations. And, you know, I was working on a few projects that kind of came over from Texas. And then I had a few internships and I just kind of got to a point where I was juggling different things with some nonprofits, some for-profits. And I really enjoyed kind of the balance there and, and having my hand in a few different things. So once I graduated, I decided to kind of continue on that path in a more official capacity. And I started my own business, um, Lena Kelly Communications. And through that, I've worked with many nonprofits and for-profits, primarily in Southern California. And yeah, anything from marketing, PR, social media, to nonprofit development and fundraising, um, event production, uh, a little bit of everything. I tend to find myself uh, working with startups or small businesses, small nonprofits. So in that dynamic, it kind of lends to wearing a lot of hats, which is great. I, I've gained so much experience in so many different areas and then been able to join um, some groups and, and really go in and kind of help them uh, along their journeys. So it, it's been a great journey for me too. So what is it about communications that really attracted you to the profession? I enjoy people in general. Um, I I really kind of thrive in in that type of environment. And I think, you know, for example, if I come across a nonprofit that I love, I automatically start thinking about, okay, you know, I, I feel like other people would be interested in supporting this as well. You know, what can we do to engage other people? Um, And then that really just lends to communications, right? Um, Having effective messaging, being very strategic. There's such a a competition for everyone's attention these days, especially in the digital world. So it's great to kind of take that strategic thought process into an organization and and say, let's take a step back. You know, what is it that we're doing that makes us unique? Um, You know, what are we asking for support um, on various, you know, programs that we have to offer, or if we have an event we're promoting, and really kind of drilling into the bits and pieces of our messaging to try and help evoke a response from supporters, or people who um, could be potential supporters. And so I think the under the umbrella of communications, um, I've been able to uh, find a lot of various outlets to be able to to do that um, with different clients. When you look back at your professional history, personal history, who are some of the most important influences and how did they help guide you? 
A broad answer to that would be um, women in general. I think I have been very fortunate to work with a lot of amazing, um, successful women, most of them moms as well. Even starting with my first job at a marketing agency in Texas, um, it was woman-owned. And then I think that's just kind of been something that I didn't necessarily seek out um, with different clients I've worked with, but it's 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 been something that has just been a happy accident in a way that I've been able to be around these amazing women. Um, I do a lot of work with Wags and Walks, a dog rescue um, in Southern California, and um, the founder Leslie Brog is an amazing woman who really ha- has done a lot of things for um, animal welfare, and you know she has been someone that has been great to work with. I have my partner Kay through um, Passing the Picnic Co. And we actually met over the pandemic. And she is just a powerhouse as well. And it's so amazing and inspiring, I think, to meet other women, especially moms, who are are doing what they love um, and and finding a way to make it work. So yeah, I mean, every woman I think I've ever met has has really contributed to inspiring me to to keep going and continuing on what it is that is bringing me joy (laughs) day to day in my work. I think that's a good transition. You and your partner, Kay, started passing a picnic company this past January. So right in the middle of the pandemic. Pop-up picnics are not new, apparently, but they're new to me. Where did this idea come from? And how do you want it to be different than other picnic pop-ups? Yeah. So um, this is really a great story of just kind of a fun conversation with friends that turned into something bigger. Pop-up picnics have been really popular in kind of beachy areas for a little bit of of time now and became even more popular during the pandemic. And so uh, Kay and I were chatting and we said, you know, we need something like that in Pasadena. We have so many gorgeous parks out here. And of course, people have beautiful backyards as well. And we really thought it was something that the community would get behind and would want to participate in and a fun way to do something with family and friends that could be safe and outdoors during the pandemic. So when we started talking about how we could create this concept in here in Pasadena, we really felt that we wanted it to embody everything that we all love about Pasadena. So, you know, what could we do to make it special and have little touches of Pasadena living and, and, you know, really make it very community focused. Those of us that live in Pasadena love it. You know, anything that has to do with Pasadena, anything and everything we are all about. And we really wanted to take this concept and and keep uh, our, our community in mind with every decision we made, you know, as far as what we were able to offer, customizing our picnics, having special touches, We have a Best of Pasadena goodie basket, things like that, you know, full of locally curated items. And, you know, we also have been working with nonprofits in Pasadena, finding ways to give back. And it was just important for us to, you know, take this fun concept and put a Pasadena spin on it. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced when you started and how have you been able to overcome them? Some of the biggest challenges, aside from starting a business in a pandemic, we are both moms. And so it's it's always a juggle there and a, and a balance. And this being a, a service-based company, there's a lot of hands-on work that has to be done and 
I think finding a good team, a good support team to help with the events has been really critical. And we've been able to find some amazing people and we're still looking to grow as well. Has been a fun challenge to kind of work through and, and, you know, find ways to sustain and grow um, and and also continue to enjoy it at the same time. We both have other businesses, um, but this was kind of a passion project and we wanted it to, you know, remain fun for us as well. And we've been able to do that. So it's it's been great. What has the response been from Pasadena in general? And how has the experience changed over the course of COVID? The response has been wonderful. We have received such great support from the community, from our clients, from nonprofits and other businesses we've been partnering with. It's been wonderful. It's kind of been, you know, an open arms type thing where uh, everyone was happy to see new things in the community, especially something that could bring a little joy to people during a tough year. So it's been wonderful um, to be embraced by the community and, and supported. I think when we first started out, it was pretty predictable in a way that we knew there was a lot of interest and uh, people in the community finding safe things to do outdoors, especially when it came to celebrations. As things kind of opened up for a little bit, uh, you know, we kind of shifted and um, the biggest change would be, you know, we went from really small, you know, four person sized picnics to um, some a little bit larger sized ones. So that's changed a little bit for our business. We've done quite a few baby showers at this point. Um, We have a few more of those coming up soon as well. And so there's been a little bit of a shift in terms of that. I think people are still trying to find a safe way to celebrate. And and this has been a good alternative. So we weren't really envisioning it growing um, much more than, you know, the small two to four size picnics, but it has. And and that's been wonderful. Um, We've been able to work with other local vendors as well to kind of add some more fun touches, balloon garlands and peacock chair rentals and and things like that to help, you know, make a, a mom to be, for example, feel really special. When the picnic ends and your clients leave, what do you want them to feel or think about the experience? For us, it's really important that every client not only enjoys the the ambiance we've been able to create for them, whether it's in their backyard, it's kind of a little escape away from, you know, working from home or and if it's in the middle of a busy park, lots of other things happening around them. Um, and But in addition to that, you know, we want everything to be easy and turnkey for our clients. You know, it's, we designed the concept to where you arrive and everything is ready to go. You really just get to sit down and relax and enjoy. And then by the time you leave, we come back, we clean everything up. um, And there's really no legwork for you to do. Um, I think setting up your own picnic, especially if you're trying to do a luxury picnic is a lot of work. And we want to take the the legwork out of it for our clients. So that's really what we want um, everyone to take away is not only having this fun little bougie escape for a little bit, but also for it to just be you know, relaxing and, and easy for them to enjoy and not have to worry about the, the hassle portion of it. It's in your name, but you are a Pasadena focused company and you do offer best of Pasadena goodie baskets. So I don't know if you can give too much away, but can you describe the baskets a little bit and kind of what you've put in them? 
Yeah, absolutely. So our best of passing a goodie basket is a fun add-on that any client can can add to their picnic. Um, it also comes with our, our bougie picnic package, and it's um, locally curated goods. And we feature different businesses from month to month. Some of our favorites, though, have been Jones Coffee, Le Grand Orange, uh, English muffins. Carmela's hot cocoa mix, uh, semolina pasta, and you know just just to name a few. And and we we rotate them every month. We try to have something a little different, whether it's seasonal or if we want to highlight um, women-owned businesses or anything like that. And we like to have a, a mix of well-known Pasadena businesses, but also smaller businesses as well, because we all know there are so many of those in Pasadena. So in our baskets, we also have um, some jam from a local company called Not Your Mama's Jam. It's delicious. Uh, we have our own Passing the Picnic Co. cookies. They're a salted rose chocolate chip cookie. They're so good. And uh, sometimes we'll have other items from Stems, which is the catering company we work with. And yeah, we, we like to mix it up and, and showcase different options from month to month. Uh, but it's a great way to partner with Local businesses give them a little port and shout out. We do a lot of um, cross promotion on social media. And it's also been a great item that our clients can purchase um, a la carte. If, say, for example, you have a new neighbor that moved in and you want to get them a little basket that kind of has a selection of passing the favorites or uh, a new hire at work and, you know, I want a little gift for them, something like that. So it's, it's been a, a fun addition to our, our offerings that we've had. Since starting the business and hosting events around town, what have you learned about Pasadena? And that includes people, places, history. Since starting our business, um, we have learned that people really do want to support the, the community as a whole. You know, even as a new business, working out kinks from the beginning and, and just having a clientele that's, you know, locals has been wonderful to, to be able to get feedback and suggestions and ideas and, and different ways we can improve what we're doing. Um, it always comes from a good place is, is what we found from our locals here. You know, they want businesses to succeed and do well. It's just a great addition to the, the community. And, and so that, that has been really wonderful to, to have the support and also just, uh, just help with, with getting the word out there. Um, we're primarily referral-based, which is, I think, speaks um, for itself. It's the best kind of business to receive is from referrals um, and to hear you know testimonials from clients about how happy they were. So, so yeah, I mean, Pasadena, again, is just, it's a great community to be a part of. And that's coming from someone from Texas. I mean, Texas hospitality is well-known. I experienced it myself. So that's, that's a high compliment. You are a proudly woman-owned business. Do you think we do enough to encourage women to start new businesses here in Pasadena? There is always room for improvement when it comes to encouraging women to start their own businesses. The pandemic was hard on everyone, um, but statistically, it was more. It affected women more so, um, and more specifically, mothers. And I think the community, you know, it, it really brought to light, I think, some issues that women and moms especially have been facing for 
a long time now, um, kind of balancing. Uh, it was the whole kind of suffering in silence that all of a sudden was brought to light because everyone was working from home and, and living on Zoom and, and trying to find ways to juggle. You know, the pandemic didn't create this challenging work environment for women. It was already there. It just kind of exacerbated it. And I think it, it has been, you know, one of the silver linings of the past year or so is that it's been brought to light. And I think um, as a, a whole, we're, we're seeing that, you know, women need more support and encouragement to try and continue to, you know, do what they want. Um, especially, you know, having children, it's, Every woman kind of goes through um, a phase of where we have to figure out, you know, what do we want to do? Do we want to stay home? Do we want to keep working? And for those of us that really are striving to find a way to do both, it, it's great to have more resources to, to help us do so. And, you know, as, as a mom with a daughter myself, I, I love to be able to lead by example and to be able to, to do um, the work that I love. So as my daughter gets older, she can see that, yeah, it's possible, you know, you can be a mom and a woman and have a business and, and, you know, do what you love. And I think creating um, a culture that is more supportive of that um, is hopefully going to, to continue um, to be the trend and, and things will, will be getting better. Um, but it's definitely been brought to light and, and it's more um, top of mind right now. So hopefully the, the conversations continue until, um, you know, we get to a place where women feel as equally supported as, as men do. In addition to passing a picnic company, which was your kind of passion project for this year, uh, last year you also founded Mama Made, which is a 501c3 nonprofit that helps provide networking and support to fellow moms that run their businesses or nonprofits. Can you share how Mama Made came about? And was there a specific incident that sparked the idea? So Mama Made um, was really kind of something that came to me as, you know, I'm a new mother. Um, you know, my daughter just turned two. So although I've been a woman, you know, running businesses for quite a few years now, um, I hadn't experienced it from the perspective of being a mother until recently. And that also happened to coincide with the pandemic. You know, that happened shortly after my daughter was born. So, you know, in 2020, had this realization that, you know, I, I wasn't alone. Uh, so many moms were connecting, you know, Facebook groups have been amazing for moms. Um, we have a, a wonderful passing to moms Facebook group that everyone is very um, supportive of in the community. And, you know, I was increasing my activity on there, especially, you know, in 2020, when we were all home. And it was like every day, you know, two, three, five more moms are posting about starting a business from home. Some of these were you know, women that had previously started something maybe as a hobby and they were trying to transition it to be more of a, you know, financially um, stable business. Some of these were women who had full-time jobs and this was going to be a side hustle that they were adding on. And then some women had to leave their job because of the pandemic. And so they were at home with their children trying to homeschool and, and keep up with everything. And they needed some other way to earn income. And so they started a business that way. And it was just so many stories like this. And I met many amazing moms. And I was really 
you know, thinking to myself that it seems to be that there was a need that wasn't being filled as far as supporting these, these women. Um, you know, you'd find someone who had a great skill, a talent for something. But other than that, they had no business background. Um, you know, they admittedly didn't know anything about running a business, um, marketing, how to promote it, you know, how to be profitable. And uh, it's a really fine line from being a hobby and being a business when, you know, you're starting something new. And, um, and so I, I decided that there was a need that I could fill here based on the experience that I had with working with a lot of small businesses and nonprofits kind of in the communications and development space. I decided I wanted to focus my efforts on moms with small businesses um, in Southern California and, and start a, a group that really tailored our support to to that audience. And so that's how Mama Made was born. Um, it has constantly been evolving, but you know the main... Um, facets of the organization is that, you know, all of our members are moms with businesses in Southern California. Every member receives a listing in our business directory, which can be found on our website. And this was really important to me to offer members because although we want to support them in what they're doing emotionally and, and, you know, getting things set up on the back end is, you know, I also want to help drive business to them and help encourage, you know, sales. So uh, the directory is a great way for us to do that. Um, each member can set up their own listing and customize it. It lives on the website. Anyone viewing the website can filter and search based on location or industry. And um, this is a great way to help refer business from, you know, members helping members or just the general public finding the website. Um, and also, you know, all these posts in the mom Facebook groups of every week, someone saying, hey, here's my new business. It's kind of a nice hub for everyone to go to without having to search back for past posts. So if someone's ever looking to support a local business, they can easily do so and then support a mom at the same time. Um, so that was a, a really fun component that uh, was important to me. Um, and the website was kind of built around that. And then additionally, we offer trainings for our members every month. And these are really geared towards small businesses. And it can be anything from business development, accounting, marketing, PR, social media. Um, and also on the, the motherhood side of things, you know, conversations about uh, the work-life balance combating mom guilt when you're a mom with a business, um, things like that. So uh, we bring in different speakers who are um, thought leaders in their fields and they are all mothers as well with their own businesses. So it's, it's great to have their perspective for our members. And we do all of these virtually. So it's easy for moms to hop on, listen in the background if you know they're juggling other things, which we always are. And the, the trainings have been just wonderful. It, it's been a great way to kind of offer guidance on all of these different components that go into to running a small business. So that's 
another piece that is really critical to the foundation of the organization. And then, you know, as things are changing, we're also working to try and do more social events as well that are more family friendly, you know, networking events where it's child friendly, which is not something that there are a lot of options out there for, you know, little family days and things like that. So we're trying to find safe ways to do that as well, uh, to give our moms a chance to, you know, meet each other and collaborate, you know, form partnerships to promote each other's businesses uh, or to form new ones and um, to just really build around this community of, of, women business owners who who understand the struggle of, of being a mom as well it's 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 a a different set of challenges that it's hard to to really wrap your your mind around unless you're living it so it's really been wonderful to see this come to life and to have the support of so many moms and see how much it's been helping them and it's yeah it's it's really been fantastic as someone that has started and run businesses before you became a mother. How has motherhood changed how you run your businesses? And how do you view success? The mindset of being a business owner definitely changes after having uh, children. Um, I think finding ways to take care of yourself and your family becomes more of a priority than it was before. Um, We definitely kind of have this culture of, you know, you... You just work, 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 work. Um, it's kind of, you know, you're just, you're living to work versus working to live. And I think that's easier to do um, when you don't have children. And then if you find yourself in a position all of a sudden where you are a mother now or even a father, you really have to take a step back and realize, you know, this isn't a sustainable way of life anymore. It's not something um, that you can continue to be, uh, you know, your total focus. So I think women and men alike, in many ways, you have to reevaluate how your time is spent, you know, even being more time efficient than you've ever been before, really setting boundaries to protect yourself, you know, especially if you're in an industry where, you know, you work with a variety of clients, finding a great way to schedule your time and be strategic and, and set those boundaries. You know, these are my working hours. Uh, This is when I'm not working. This is when I'm with my family. And feeling confident enough to say that and know that that's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I can't work at nine o'clock at night uh, after, you know, I am in the middle of you know, putting my daughter down at this time or that time. And I think that is something that we have to learn is okay to say. And it's just a, a part of life. And there are still ways to, you know, get the work done and do what we need to do. It's just really rethinking uh, how that happens. And so that's definitely been something that I've personally had to work on. And I know a lot of our, our members of Mama Made have the same challenge. But, you know, I, I think success for me at this point in my life is being able to do the work that makes me happy and, and simultaneously makes me feel like I'm, I'm contributing something to the world, you know, our community in a way that's, that's positive, but structuring it to where I, it allows me to also be what I need to be for, for my family, you know, um, be a mom that can take the time to go to play group or, um, you know, just go to the park in the afternoon and not feel like 
I have to rush back to emails to do X, Y, or Z. Um, and knowing that it's okay to embrace those moments with your family and then the work will always be there to go back to. Because at the end of the day, you know, we will all find ourselves at a point where, you know, the kids aren't so little anymore. Maybe they're not living at home. And I I think every decision I make at this point really is about, you know, what what is most important to me at the, at this point in time and and doing my best to to juggle that um you know while being realistic that you know work still has to get done just knowing that it's okay to prioritize family and adjust your work schedule around that um versus adjusting your family schedule around your work and and I think we you know our, as a whole our community and our culture is trying to to change that mindset so that it that's more acceptable to everyone. Well, as a parent myself, I, I seem like I'm I'm taking mental notes of all the things that you're saying in order to think about like how I can approach things uh, to improve both my family life and my work life. So I appreciate that. You mentioned your website, and one of the features on your website is that you can search for businesses and nonprofits in the area. Um, just for example. If you were to search for Pasadena, you'll get obviously Pasadena Picnic Company. You also get Dolce Delights, which is a great follow on Instagram as well because they make incredible things. The Family Room, which is in San Marino and offers support and classes for new parents. And as a as a parent myself, and I think probably all three of my children have gone through Family Room. And, and so it's a wonderful resource and I encourage everyone to, to use them. So those are kind of more well-known things. But there's also Brownish Books, which is a Black-owned book curator of children's books to feature brown and Black characters. What has been the most rewarding part of starting Mama Made? And how have these fellow women-owned businesses inspired you? Yeah, I think, you know, Brownish Books is a great example. Shakira is amazing to me. She's such an inspiration. She is actually um, an attorney and that's her, her day job. And she started Brownish Books around the time of the pandemic as a way to help bring diversity to children's libraries. And it's such a neat concept. And she's the perfect example of, of a mom who saw a need and, and wanted to, to find a way to, to fill that and, and got creative and came up with this wonderful concept. And it's it's been a great way to, to bring the community together as well. And I love seeing support for a new business like that. And so I think that's just one example that embodies so many other stories uh, of different moms that I have met who are in some ways just creating, you know, totally new new concepts and new things. And they're so creative. I'm just constantly impressed by everything they're able to do. It's it really is just inspiring every day. It's it's a new business, um, a new idea. And I I love hearing the stories of how they started, how it's going, you know, what their goals are for the future. And yeah, it, it, it really it runs the gamut. Our members, uh, so much, so much talent out there. You really come to a realization that moms can do just about anything. <laughs> As someone that talks to a lot of different businesses, what is some of the best advice you've been given? And what advice would you give to other women that aspire to start their own business? Some of the best advice I have been given, and this in turn is the same advice that I, I tend to, to give to other moms with businesses, is you can't do everything yourself and that's okay. 
surrounding yourself with good people is really critical. If you want to um, have a sustainable business starting out, we like to just wear all the hats and do everything ourselves, but it's, it's not something long-term that will lend to healthy work-life balance. Um, it won't lend to growth for your business. And so, you know, getting to a point where you can mentally and emotionally let go of certain areas, bringing on good talent, people that you can trust and, and letting them, them help you. So really surrounding yourself with good people who can help you with all the different areas of, of running a business because there are so many. And a lot of times if you're new to having a business, you don't even realize all the different things that you're going to need help with. And it is much more sustainable and enjoyable to let go of certain areas and say, you know, I can't teach myself to do everything for this business and, and that's okay. So uh, that's something that I have had to, <laughs> you know, force myself to accept and, and let go of certain things. And I've, you know, met some amazing support staff that way. And it really does change your life to, to have a team around you. And that's something that, you know, we talk a lot about with our, our member trainings is, you know, here are different components of what a, a successful business is made out of. And, and there's no way you could be all of these things um, as, as one person. And, and that's all right. You know, if your goal is to, to grow the business, then, you know, being open minded to delegating and, and bringing on help is, is really going to be key. As someone that works for a small business myself, I think what's hard is obviously the concept, launching your business, keeping it going. But like you said, I think the second hardest part is delegating and letting go because often we hang on too long and our businesses and our, and our lives suffer because of it. So I, I appreciate your advice and I think it's great advice um, that I would, I would share with others. Heading into the fall, we're recording this episode in September. Hopefully it'll come out in October. Heading into the fall and winter, what is next for passing the picnic company? And where do you see the business in the next year or the next three years? So we are constantly looking for ways to improve our experience and meet the needs of the community. So one thing we are doing and offering at Passing to Picnic Co. is we have some really fun um, local events and workshops that we'll be offering. We've got one this month and next month. So it's um, picnic and, and florals is what we're doing this month where it's you'll be working to design some fun floral arrangements and followed by a picnic brunch. Um, and then in... At the end of October, on the 24th, we're having a picnic and cheese board workshop where you'll learn how to build your own cheese board. Um, that'll be led by Kay, uh, my partner and also owner of STEMS. And that'll be followed by a picnic brunch as well. Um, and so those are um, some really fun workshops that we're going to be offering as a way for different people in the community to come and experience a picnic and, and have a little fun um, workshop to go alongside it. We also have some date night events that we've been doing recently at Central Park where we've got you know discounted uh, picnic packages and we've got 
kind of a, a, a big date night happening for a few hours in the evening. And we have a bunch of little picnics set up all throughout Central Park, um, which has been a lot of fun because we have our guests come and enjoy some drinks and some little um, bites, charcuterie. And then when they're done, they kind of hit the town uh, and walk around Old Town, um, maybe get a full dinner somewhere or grab a drink somewhere. And so that's been another thing that we're um, trying to do more of. And our hope is that we can continue to offer picnics for our clients in a format that we're able to customize. Um, I think that's really important to us. Uh, we have, you know, our standard basic, bold, and bougie package, but we love to customize. So we always, you know, want clients, potential clients to come to us with their, you know, their vision for what they want this picnic to be, whether it's just a date night or an engagement proposal or a baby shower um, or, you know, mom's day out, whatever it is. You know, we love take the extra time to to bring the vision to life for them. And so finding more ways to customize the picnics and make them special um, is something that we're we're hoping to be able to to do more of. As we think about the the close of the show, as someone that's lived in Pasadena that, that now lives in Altadena, there's so many things that come to mind in those areas. If you could put food, places, people, et cetera, into a best of Pasadena goodie basket, what would you include? Yeah, if I could put anything into a best of Pasadena goodie basket, I think or Altadena or Altadena, <laughs> it it would it would definitely be a mix of the the tried and true, you know, well known places like um, you know, Le Grand Orange, Jones Coffee, um, you know, Green Street, a mix of those, uh, but also tying in new local businesses. Uh, I think it's great to be able to showcase both and help people experience new products in the area. Altadena even has um, a ton of wonderful little local businesses and vendors that are always popping up. You know, we've got over here by our um, grocery outlet on Fridays. We've got some really fun vendors that come and set up. We've got um, like a little popcorn company, like a vegan baked goods company. And I think I feel like my, my perfect basket would, would constantly be changing. Just just new things to try um, and to encourage other people to try. And as far as places, I think I think there are you know little pieces that we can add to a basket to help um, just embody Pasadena as a whole. We're always trying to find uh, different rose themed goods, for example, to, to put in there. So, so that's kind of something fun we're, we're always looking to do just so there's that little iconic piece of, of Pasadena that you'll always find in, in a basket um, makes it really special. And as we kind of close out the show, you know, as a parent, as a business owner, as a nonprofit founder, what is one lesson that you want to teach your daughter from what you've learned the past year and a half? The lesson I would teach my daughter is probably that you know we've all come to realize how fragile life can be and you know just spending our time wisely I feel has been a, 
a great lesson um, that I know I've learned over the last year or so. And really taking a step back and evaluating, you know, how is your time being spent? Are you actually getting joy out of it? You know, what is not bringing you joy? And is it possible to get rid of those things or just uh, participate in them less? And being confident and, and brave enough to make big decisions, even if you're not sure what the outcome will be. If it's in line with you finding a, a happier life and a more balanced life, then it's always worth pursuing. Well, Lena, thank you so much for being a great part of Pasadena, for launching a business in the middle of a pandemic that offers clients a truly unique experience for your support of other women-owned businesses. Uh, it's truly remarkable. And uh, finally, thank you very much for being so generous with your time. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for, for having me and for um, chatting. It's, it's been wonderful to share. Again, my many thanks to Lena for coming on the show. As we head toward the holidays, you can separately purchase a Pasadena's Best Basket featuring the local items we described. Please visit PasadenaPicnicCo.com for more information and to book your next event. And visit Mama-Made.org to join or support their great work as well. Finally, among the many lessons we have learned from the pandemic is that life is short and experiences are more valuable than possessions. So book a picnic and enjoy your time with friends and family. And thank you for listening. On October 13th, 2020, I released the trailer of this podcast without knowing what its future would be. There have been ups and downs, but I couldn't be prouder of what the past year and 18 episodes has taught me about podcasts, about our city, and about myself. Thank you so very much to all those that have been guests, listeners, and supporters. I'm still figuring out what the future of this show will be, but have enjoyed the road thus far and want to travel it as far as I can. So please join me for this next chapter. This podcast is free, but it takes time and effort to produce it. If you are local to the greater Pasadena area and interested in sponsoring the show, please let me know. I've also joined the Patreon model for podcasting. So if you are interested in supporting the show that way, you can do so by visiting patreon.com slash the crown city podcast. And if you're a business owner or community leader and want to share your story, I would love to learn more about you and have you on the show. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing and rate and review the show as it is a way for others to find it. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. I love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. You can reach me at james at thecrowncitypodcast.com and follow me on Instagram. You've been listening to the Crown City Podcast. And until next time, please remember to stay well, stay positive, and as always, see you around town. <laughs>